This is a team that could be in the AFC Championship game, though, by the end of the season, potentially. Yeah, that's that's the thing is is well, first Trevor Lawrence, I think, could have a top five quarterback season this year. Like like you said, with the weapons they have, with the ability to also run the ball, like people forget this guy is athletic. We saw it in Clemson. I mean, he he can move. I mean, he's not a bad. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, but you know, he's nothing to like you know shy away from. He can move the ball with his legs, and like you said, Luke, yeah, the, they could they could be an AFC championship. I mean. They definitely, I think, are one of the sneakiest teams. I think people, yes, are high on them still, but they're still sneaky because you're still counting in New York, Buffalo, Kansas City, teams like that, Cincinnati. People are high on Baltimore now. It's what they're doing. So I think they're under the radar right now, and I think they could sneak in there and just make some noise, especially the South where it's weak. All about the ball. With Mark Davis, Chris Kameinhart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and welcome to this AFC South episode of All About the Balls podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis. A little tired and worn out, but here I am, boys. Join alongside Luke Rule and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Luke, it's been a few days. We had a little extended break. Went early last episode. How have you been since we last spoke? You know, it's been good, you know, just, you know, doing the steady grind, working, getting a couple of days off, a couple of days on. It's just how we roll, keep it going. Yeah, man, I know how that feels, man. Doc, how have you been this little kind of extended break we had? Uh, can't complain, man. Can't complain that uh, that long weekend was definitely something we needed. Um, back to the grind, though, just, just working. Yeah, I know how you feel, boys. I've been... Been pretty much dying this since Friday. Been days, nights, days, and twenty-four hour cycle doing this airfield striping. Uh, so I pretty much have to keep all eyes on the the workers, make sure they're not doing anything mm. stupid. But it's rough, man. We have got two more weeks of it, twelve more days, or eleven more days now after today. But I wish I would have got the memo, boys. You guys got your uh, college gear on. I should have uh, should have put mine on. Yeah, so yeah we called now. and planned this. Yeah. We're like, let's, make like, let's make let's make Mark look like a fool. Yeah, we'll just make a hat there with the. Yeah, horns down. I make a I make a hat change. Hey, the <laughs> only horns down I've done is the USF when we went there the Thanksgiving weekend. You know when your boy broke yeah. his leg and almost died out there. Hey, it's still still ended up horns <laughs> down though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was horns down for that. It, it wasn't the the burnt orange and white. That was the old you know green and white we were putting them down for. But hey, student section and we kicked the show. I was a USC, I was a UCF fan for the day, so I was rocking Sorry the undefeated season. I I was I was that was the one day doc I was rocking the the natty chance for UCF I had to yeah. I had to I was wearing black and gold I you know I was there for him we're not getting into that again <laughs> <laughs> but boys we have a good episode we're gonna talk like I said AFC South and I did allude you know at the last episode this is probably the youngest starting the quarterback room especially when Will Levis eventually gets that shot we'll, we'll talk about the Titans in a little while but. When he does get that spot, you know, you're going to have Will Levis, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Definitely going to be the youngest, most inexperienced overall, like, death out of the quarterback. So I'm excited to see that But when it's all said and done. But, Luke, let's start with the Houston Texans, man. You know, a team that went 3-13-1 last year. New coach, new quarterback. They hired D'Amico Ryans, former Houston Texan. Great. I thought he was pretty good there. And former defensive coordinator for the Niners. 
also drafted C.J. Stroud, quarterback at Ohio State, and traded up to number three with Arizona to get, you know, old Alabama linebacker, pass rusher, Will Anderson Jr. So I guess the, the thing is, Luke, is the rebuild started. What are we expecting for the Houston Texans in year one of this rebuild? Yeah, this, this is definitely year one of the rebuild. Uh, new coach, new quarterback, new stud on defense. I mean, Damian Pierce is pretty good running back, second-year running back out of Florida. So I'd like to see what he'll do again. Uh, I mean, he was a stud last year. I, I still think they're lacking the wide receiver room. Like, I'm, I'm looking at these weapons, and I'm not liking these weapons that C.J. Stroud is going to have to deal with his first year. So, I do like Don Yeah, but still, I mean, Robert Woods – and Nico Collins, like two guys, I I'm not big on. Like, I I don't believe in these guys to be the number one, number two wide receivers on this team. Yeah, I also want to see Damian Pierce uh, get a little more productive in the second half of the season. He kind of like fizzled out. I know he's a rookie. You know, things like that will happen. But I want to see the more consistent side of Damian Pierce. Like you said, he was a stud the first the first half of the season, and then kind of like got figured out a little bit. Just got worn out, and the offense couldn't do anything besides him running the ball. I mean, stack the box on him and. You kind of slow him down a little. I'm, I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, I, I know like Doc was alluding to, like, this could be a team that has number one pick, but we we forgot to say that Houston doesn't have their own rights to their own pick at Arizona. So maybe they're competitive. I, I honestly think they're going to lose a lot of games, but I do think they're going to be competitive. They might not win games, but I think they're going to give teams the money, you know, that their money's worth. Might not for all four quarters, but at least the three, first three quarters, they're going to pretty be pretty good, I think. And then maybe they'll get, you know, proving they're so young. They got Derek Stingley Jr. at the line or corner as well. So, like I said, a young, young defense, young, young offense. I'm excited to see this team, honestly, for this rebuild transition. Yeah, same. I mean, I think that it's going to be a very exciting team to watch. They're finally, you know, through the draft, they finally got some good pieces to put together here. I think that they set the foundation um, for the next few seasons, but I think they're still going to be dog shit. Um, I don't know about how exciting it's going to be to watch. I think that they will be, you know, in the next couple of years. But I think this year is, is going to be an absolute laughing stock, which is is to be expected um, with the with the with the lack of experience they have on the team. But uh, you know, come next season and you know, learning curves of the rookies, CJ Stroud getting under an NFL center for the first time. You know, uh, it's going to be a lot of growing. It's going to be a lot of growing. But I think the coming year should be fun. Yeah, I mean, and something that I saw that the defense, I mean, like I said, for how young they were, they forced a lot of turnovers. They were towards like the middle to the top pack, but on offense, you know, committed a lot of turnovers as well, which is a no go. So maybe CJ Stroud can do something that, you know, with Davis Mills and whoever else nope. the quarterback was. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's a rookie. So, like I so said, Trevor Lawrence struggled his rookie year. I mean, we're probably going to see it, like, like Luke said too, not that good at wide receivers. They did get Dalton Schultz, though, you know, experienced tight end. I, I think he's pretty decent, but we'll see. I think Dak Prescott made Dalton Schultz like good though. I I don't, I don't believe that he's going to be a top tier tight end for this team. That's... I think he'll be an average at best tight end. He'll, he'll do enough. He'll get the little dump off passes, but I won't expect too much out of him. Let, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, <laughs> right, you know, right. We talk about Dak Prescott making him look good. Okay, there's only a handful of guys that Dak Prescott has made good, and they're usually on the on the opposing defense. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Also, another thing too is. This offense is going to have a new offense coordinator too. They grabbed the I think passing game coordinator from the 49ers. So they're definitely having the 40 like kind of like the Dolphins did. They're bringing the 49ers uh crew in. And we'll see. I mean, maybe he picked the thing, you know, up or two whatever from Kyle Shanahan. Maybe he picked his brain and we'll see. I mean, like I said I I think CJ Stroud yeah, was better than that Bryce passing Young. game was that passing game was fucking solid in San Francisco. 
but it's not years. just that. It's, it's it's just learning like Kyle, you know, Kyle Shanahan's mind. You can get the run game involved. CJ Stroud, like you know, in the semifinal game against uh, Georgia, you know, they said CJ Stroud can't run. He can't do this. He's only a thrower. I mean, he was fucking running and moving like, with his legs in that game. You know. He actually gave Georgia a run for their money, and then, you know, the kicker missed a wide, super wide left kick there. So, I thought C.J. Stroud was better. I thought he should be the number one pick than over Bryce Young. But, I mean, only time will tell with the, the first two picks for that position, really, where it's going to be. I, I like C.J. Stroud. I think he's got a can of an arm. It might take, like, like a college rebuild. You know, we see two, three years, maybe four years. Hopefully, D'Amico Ryans can last that long. They didn't really give Lovey Smith that, you know, that chance, but he was a bridge coach anyways, unfortunately. But I'm excited for this, boys. With that, though, expectations, I think, the over-under for the Houston Texans. I was looking at their schedule. Unfortunately, I'm not Chris, boys. I'm not going to pull the schedule up. Uh, Houston Texans, four and a half. Um, I think it's a good number for them. I mean, I know it's only one more than last year's win total. But I think they can go over. I think they're going to sneak five wins in there. I don't think they'll be last place in their division. So, you know, if I'm saying five, so one of these teams are going to have less than five. So I'm going over, boys. I think Houston is going to go two and four in the division. They'll they'll get swept by Jacksonville. And I think they'll sneak some wins in there as well. I think they got some good teams, not good teams, but teams that can beat on that schedule. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take the under on that one. I'm going to go – honestly – I'm like two or three, two or three. I think uh, I don't even know if they take one from the Colts. Uh, they might take a game at home against the Colts. I think at best they're going to be one and five in the division. Um, not that it's even a very tough schedule, but I, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking one and five in the division. And I'm taking two or three all season. Yeah, I, I think I would go with the over. I agree with you, Mark, on this. I, I think I don't think they get their first win until Week Five against Atlanta. I think they sneak that one out. Then they'll probably win week eight against Carolina. But and I go I think they go two and four in the division as well. You don't think so. you don't think they could win week two home against the Colts? I mean home game. No. Not not uh, early CJ Stroud. Even against an no. early Will Levis, no. No, no. AR. AR. Or AR, excuse me. Yeah. AR. Yeah, I think AR is just gonna run over the teams at the beginning of the season anyways. He's just gonna try to prove himself. And I think he's got more weapons to do so at the time. I, yeah, I think I mean, he might I think he might get one in the Colts week 18 when the game doesn't matter. Maybe week but, one, you know, maybe he'll go into Baltimore and upset Lamar Jackson week one. Ooh, that's actually, that's a spicy take <laughs> right there. I might I might put some down on that one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put too much money down on that. No, so. I, no I, I I'm not betting on <laughs> yeah. that. Nope. Well, and Doc's the lone wolf on this. It's not even worth it taking putting money on Baltimore winning. I win. The, the odds are <laughs> Any more to any more to take the winner? No, but Doc, you are the lone wolf. Chris has got over as well. He texted me his over unders. He he's got the Houston Texans over. I'm assuming the same thing. Probably just five wins. Uh, probably at best for old Chris. Moving on though, hey, we we talked about Anthony Richardson, and that's the next team, Doc. Anthony Richardson and the Indianapolis Colts. Same scenario as the Texans. New coach, new uh, quarterback. They got Shane Steichen from the Philadelphia Eagles, and you know. The key success for him was he helped develop Jalen Hurts. Yes, Jalen Hurts put the work in. He definitely balled out last year. We cannot, you know, critique that at all. But Shane Steichen was a big part of that success. And that's the and that's the thing is, if they give Anthony Richardson a start, because that's the question, if. Right now ESPN has him, right now, it's only July, Gardner Minshew as the uh, 
signal caller for the starting spot in week one. But if they decide AR balls out in preseason and camp coming up in a couple weeks, can Shane Steichen show that growth with AR in this first year, just year one? Let him show growth from the first play to the last play. Absolutely, and I think that that's what you got to do. I don't think um, sitting in behind Minshew is gonna is really gonna teach him anything valuable. Um, I think old mustache guard, uh, you know, I, I think he's number one on the on the roster because it's you you brought in a rookie, you drafted a rookie, a lot of potential around him. But I mean, naturally, you know, the rookie's going to take the back seat. You got to have the veteran. Uh, at number one, but I, I don't think it's going to take much at all for him to prove. I mean, it may be, it may, it may be Gardner Minshew, you know, week one, week two, week three, but I think you're looking at like a, uh, like a Mitchell Trubisky rookie year, just kind of took a little bit of time into the season, but you will see AR fairly early. I, I, the fans might be calling for him in preseason, and that might be enough for Shane Steichen to, I mean, he to start him. He didn't say he's not going to start. He just said that he's definitely making the strides. He looks great. I mean, I think whoever the quarterback's going to be, honestly, Jonathan Taylor needs to show up. He needs to bounce back. He had a good rookie year, had a great second year as well. And then, you know, he missed six games last year. And then when he was in there, he only had two 100-yard games. So he wasn't his electric self his first two years. So I think Jonathan Taylor being JT that we saw for those first two years helps whoever the quarterback is, especially a rookie like Anthony Richardson. It helps the young rookie quarterback get his feet in there, get settled in, take the pressure off him big time. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Anthony Richardson starting week one either way. I think they're just, they have Gardner Minshew there because he is the veteran on the team. He's played the most games in the NFL. So I think he's just there as a placeholder for now until training camp gets going. And they, these coaches start seeing the athletic freak that Anthony Richardson is, which he is. Like he's He broke almost every QB stat for uh, the draft – I mean, for the combine. So I don't know. And – if Jonathan Taylor can get it together, it's probably going to be a pretty scary backfield having them both back together in the backfield. And I think wide receiver core, not huge on it. Michael Pittman Jr. is pretty good. Isaiah McKenzie, he's kind of hit or miss dude. Other than that, they got a couple of young guys, uh, Alec Pierce and Josh Downs, rookie out of North Carolina. So we'll see. I, I, I like his potential, though. I mean, big arm, strong dude, fast. I think you're going to see a lot of him running the ball this year and taking some deep shots, but I wouldn't count on too many accurate passes from Anthony Richardson in his rookie year. Well, I know that's the thing that me and Chris nailed on. I mean, outside the lack of, I mean, we saw because me and you and Chris yeah. and Wade, we talk about all the time in our chat, the Gators have no fucking wide receivers. They don't produce wide receivers, really. They didn't have any. Um, his only starting season, Kyle Pitts was gone uh, the year before that. Well, two two years before that, actually. So, he never really got the pair with that, that, that last good receiver that they had. Kadir's Tony was also not there. So, but he also he hesitated on decision making, and maybe that's due because of the lack of wide receivers. So maybe having Michael Pittman, maybe they'll get Josh Downs and Alec Pierce involved, and uh, Jelani Woods and JT. Maybe that'll help him actually make the right decisions. That's what something we saw in Florida: bad decision making. Yeah, I, I think it, it'll take him probably. The first like five six weeks to start figuring it out, getting the, getting the feel for the speed of the game, and these new wide receivers that actually have some talent compared to the guys at Florida. But I, I think you see him running the ball a lot, just trying to embarrass some of these defensive linemen and linebackers in the beginning of the season. Let let him know he's here in the NFL now. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing too, Doc. I was uh 
we're talking about the Texans, you know, turnovers. The Colts led the league in turnovers. So maybe Anthony Richardson can help out. I mean, they won't have nearly as much fumbles, I don't think. I think he can definitely secure the ball. We'll see now what he can do. I mean, if they can cut the turnovers down, that helps the defense out, which did take a step back a little bit last year. The offensive line was also not as good as they once were the last few years before that. So I don't know, man. Like, this is big for Anthony Richardson. He's coming into, a, you know, a team – for the last two decades, they literally one of the most winningest franchises in the NFL. So, you know, and the Colts want success back. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm I'm not saying they won't find it with Richardson. I was not happy with the pick, uh, regardless of what he did in the combine. Um, the numbers just just didn't speak to me from Florida. Receivers are not. I mean, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions is pretty good for the SEC. So maybe he can help keep the turnovers down, but. Uh, Overall, I mean, we've seen him in a, you know, I, I just didn't like the way he produced. So I think I think that, you know, the potential is there, but I think it's going to be a couple of years until he until he finds himself. Yeah, and I, th- I know he's drawn comparisons to Cam Newton. So I think he's got a stronger and stronger arm than Cam Newton. And he's probably the same type of like runner. Like he's a freak like Cam. So well, let's see if he could do what Cam did. Cam came out his rookie year and exploded with the Carolina Panthers. So. I mean, he did have Steve Smith at the time. So, I mean, maybe Michael Pittman can be that kind of receiver for Anthony Richardson and actually start to play like he did his rookie year. Yeah, he definitely can. I mean, there's potential for him to step up. It's, uh, you know, got the right guy throwing on the ball. And another guy that needs to stay healthy is Shaq Leonard, formerly known Mm. as, uh, you know, Darius Leonard. So, he missed 14 games last year. He's one of the best players in the NFL when he's healthy. He's a freak at linebacker, so he's got to stay healthy for this defense. He's definitely the anchor there. He's definitely the earpiece back there, so he's got to be healthy if this defense wants to turn back around. But over-under, boys, uh, I went one more than the Texans, five and a half, and Chris has got over. So as much as he talked about Anthony Richardson, I guess he's high on the over. I'm not sure how much over he had, but he went over with the Indianapolis Colts. I went under. I think the Colts are going to be the worst team in this division. I'm thinking maybe three or four wins. I think they'll be just barely worse than Houston. And then we'll see the rebuild with Shane Steichen. I think once they start getting him weapons for AR, I think this team can potentially turn around following 2023. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the over for them. Uh, I, their schedule is not really that difficult. I mean, I, I think they end up sweeping Tennessee then splitting with the Texans, then they're going to get swept by uh, the Jags. But other than that, I think they, I think they're going to take Los Angeles and fucking whoop them. They're going to fucking Falcons are probably going to lose again, and I think Las Vegas is going to lose. So I, I got them over. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go. This one's kind of tough. I think I'm going to take them under. I'm going to take them swept by Houston. Um, I got him with a win against Carolina and Atlanta, and then my my toss up game I think is going to be maybe the Rams. The Rams I think is going to be the difference maker in the over under. I can't wait till we do the NFC South. I mean, for a team <laughs> that went two, seven and ten last two seasons, and we only got better literally on defense and offense. I I think we could at least still win seven games. So, but we'll I say that I, got, I think I got one for the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Arthur Smith's been a seven-win coach both seasons. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll talk about them next or the next division on the last division breakdown. But, yeah, so I guess me and Doc, we split there, and then you and Chris are jumping on the over. So, 
Doc, does Houston finish worse than Indy, or is Indy the worst? Than absolutely. Houston? No, absolutely. Well, Houston's the worst. Um, I'm definitely uh, like like Luke said. Um, Indy just has more weapons. The run game is stronger. The line is stronger. The you know they actually have receivers. Um, lost some pieces on defense, but I still think that it's it's still a strong enough defense to to take over. You know Houston. Um, I mean, I'm talking. I think I said four for Houston. So I'm, I think I'm, I'm going five for Indianapolis. So it's going to be a close race for sure. Yeah. F- close race for last place in the division. So <laughs> that's what you yes, want to see. Hey, and moving on boys to a team where I mentioned seven and 10, they went seven and 10 last year. And literally if they would have won the last game of the season, they would have made the playoffs. They would have won the AFC South at an eight, nine record, the Tennessee Titans. And, um, you know, I'm a big Mike Vrabel guy. I think he's a good coach. I think he's been, put in some shit situations with the, the team he's had, the offense he's had, mainly quarterback. Away weapons. Then, yeah, mainly quarterback. You give away A.J. Brown last draft in 2022, and you saw what he did in Philly. He stayed healthy and he balled out. But the question, though, Luke, is how much borrowed time is Ryan Tannehill playing with? I mean, they they did pass on quarterback in round one. Somehow Will Levis fell the first round, and Tennessee traded up to get Will Levis in the second round. How soon do we see Will Levis? Because I'm pretty sure Malik Willis is not – going to be the backup when it's all said and done yeah i i think by at least week six will levis will be the starting quarterback for them i think Tannehill's gonna he's gonna win a couple games and he's probably gonna drop some games that he shouldn't lose and i mean not not really to his fault because his wide receiver core again is not very strong i mean they try to get the aj brown replacement but Traylon burks was not that replacement for them so i mean this offense should really be if derrick henry's the Derrick Henry he has been in his past. So if he stays healthy, I think the offense is just going to be run Derrick Henry every play and maybe dump the ball off a little bit. But I don't I don't have high expectations for this offense at all. And I don't know about you boys. Derrick Henry might not last the whole season in Tennessee. If they're a shit show, he could get traded by the trade deadline and to a contender that needs a running back, like kind of like the Niners did with Christian McCaffrey, get a consistent running back and make that team better. But I do agree with you, Luke. I think I think maybe week six, maybe week eight, something like there. I think he won't come as soon as Kenny Pickett did. Kenny Pickett came the fifth game of the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think because of Ryan Tannehill, he's more of a, a true veteran than what the Steelers had. I mean, it was just uh, was it Mitchell Trubisky. So I think Ryan Tannehill is better than Mitch out there, but – not much better. And we've seen what Mike Vrabel's done. He's led the, he's got today's championship with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. All you do is run the ball up there, Henry. So I do think that you're going to see Will Lovis this year. That fucking mayo in his coffee and banana peel eating motherfucker. You're going to see him. You're going to see him pretty soon, I think. I think you're going to see him around week eight, week nine. Yeah. The, the Malik Willis trial is over. I, I think he is done with this team. You know, he'll be a career backup from the NFL at best. Yeah, no, well, I mean, it's, just... it's definitely going to be Tannehill starting out the season. I think it's going to be like his last chance to try and pull something out with Tennessee, and I think it's it's going to be like an Andy Dalton situation in Chicago, um, another placeholder situation, just kind of letting your rookie learn behind the veteran, uh, let him examine the play, see the pace, you know, or examine the game, see the pace of play, and uh, just let him kind of ease into the atmosphere. Um get him some some late snaps from, you know, fourth quarter games or something, I don't know. And 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 then we'll we'll see him probably around 7 or 8. I mean, Malik Willis though, back to him real quick. He, 
when he did come in, he got handcuffed. I mean, I don't think he was that good anyways, but he got handcuffed. It was like, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Okay, third down eight, third down nine. Let's throw it now. But whoever the quarterback's going to be, it doesn't matter which of these three, I think they're in for a long season. They have five, well, the first six games, five new offensive linemen that are going to be starting. Their, their other fifth that would have been playing, he got suspended for gambling on the facility um, mm. on non-NFL games. So the first six games, you have five new offensive linemen. So – God, man, I feel like whoever the quarterback is, it's going to be potential hell being put on them for this whole season. 100%. Yeah, yeah plus I, I don't think this defense can do it either. I don't think this defense can be a, handle these other powerhouse offenses in the AFC. So it's going to be a long season for the Tennessee Titans, I think. Yeah, and that, that's the question. I mean, I know we've mentioned a few of these coaches on these breakdowns on the hot seat. I mean, I honestly think Mike Rabel's a good coach, but – do, do they can them? I mean, we have, they have a new GM, and you know what they say, new GMs mean new coaches because they want to bring in their kind of guys that they want. So could Vrabel be gone at the end of the year? I don't think they'll fire him during the season just because they have too much respect for him, what he did for the, the team in those couple of playoff runs he had. Yeah, I mean, I think, he, I think he's on the hot seat, but I don't see him getting fired even if they have a shitty season. I think Vrabel's beloved by the city of Nashville now. So I, I give him maybe two more years before he gets fired if it's – trending the same way as it has been. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement there. I mean, if I'm Vrabel, I'm looking to get out, though. I mean, they've put together a winning team, and they just continue to give away pieces. I mean, I'm I'm praying to God that they're cutting me after the season. I mean, you saw the yeah. team get fired literally after the Eagles game, but when A.J. Brown put three touchdowns on them. So you saw that, that is true. That, that is that's true. Also, that is also not Vrabel's decision. So he didn't well, want that trade to happen. Well, you saw. No, no, I know that. Yeah, he was pissed. No, I know that. He literally That's left why the I'm room saying I'd, I'd want to be. I'd want to be out of there. But no, I mean, yeah, new GM. You're right. Um, you know, I think that, like you said, with the playoff runs that he's made, you know, he's built he's built some uh, reputation for himself. So I think uh, you know it's just a conversation between him and the new GM. That's like, hey, look, fresh slate, starting over. You know what I mean? Let's yeah, just move I mean, on. Let's just build a winning culture. It just sucks because, I mean, he he has that, like, mentality. Like, where I, I want to play for Mike Vrabel. They say when he's out there, he's with the linemen. He's with the fucking team, you know, going all in with them. I mean, he's definitely a people's coach or a player's coach. And it just sucks. Like, like it's just honestly such a shame. They were, they were literally a fourth quarter away in the 2019 season from getting to the Super Bowl. They, had the, they were literally up by 10 or 17 on the Chiefs, and they blew it. So, I mean – yeah, it's a shame that you see that, and then here they are now. Will Levis a quarterback potentially very soon? Mike Rabel could be gone in a year or two. It's just a disappointment out of Nashville, where Luke, that's your new hometown for a little while. I mean, yeah. hopefully, yeah. Definitely got to go see him in person for a couple games. So we'll see. I'll find some cheap game to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till like week like thirteen or should 14, be all of them. You know? should, yeah, be, yeah. should be just about all of them. Week 13 yeah, or 14, I'm, you could probably get a good steal there, there. Their schedule shows the lowest ticket price. I see a couple $21 tickets in here. Oh, love to see <laughs> you that. Can go, you can go to the game December December 17th, Houston at Tennessee. There you go. You can see C.J. Stroud playing Will Levis see, potentially. See some amazing QB play going on. Watch that Watch that game when we come to it. Both quarterbacks had over 350 yards, four touchdowns each, just a shootout. No, That's at the game. But – uh, over under for the East, or the sorry the Tennessee Titans, just because I respect Mike Vrabel and I, he went seven ten last year, seven and a half. And Chris went under, and I think I was playing around with the 
the season simulator, which which we'll do that and we'll share our projections when we actually do our real standings. I have them just under. I mean, I think Rabel's good up to get maybe six, seven wins. I, I do think that they can go seven and ten at the at the best case situation, just because Rabes is a good coach. But that's also depending on if Derrick Henry's there for the whole year too. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm taking the under as well, but not by much. It's going to be a close one at seven. Um, and I think that the only way that they move from there is down. I don't think that there's any potential for really more than seven. Um, I think that there is potential for it to be lower. Um, Derrick Henry definitely needs to be there all season. And I think it's going to depend on how quickly they get Will Levis out of the starting gate and and give him, give him the reins. Yeah, I think, I think we're all going to agree on this. I got him at six. Six wins, so also the under. Yeah, that's a that's a generous six wins too for them. I also like got over the Falcons. Yeah, I do have them over the Falcons and Carolina, but other than that, they they'll probably sweep Houston and yeah, maybe squeak one out, one or two out that they shouldn't win. Yeah, that's usually how it works. And I don't know if I said it, but Chris has under two, so yeah, clean sweep on the board. But hey. I want to see it. if Will Levis scores a touchdown, a rushing touchdown in the NFL this year. I want him to pull a banana out and fucking eat the whole banana with the peel on. Do a celebration like that. Just Go and stop, it. man. Oh, well, I mean, you don't have to do all that. Just, just, just eat the whole. banana. Yeah, eat the banana peel. But boys, Doc, I'll start with you on this one. The Jacksonville Jaguars, a team out of Duval County. They they came out in year one with Doug Peterson. They went nine and eight. Won that last game of the year against Tennessee. Won the division. They were down 27-0 to against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and won the game. Came back, lost the Chiefs' division around. A top-10 offense, I mind you, there as well. But the last time that we saw the Jacksonville Jaguars have a good playoff season, after the 2017 season, they shit the bed ever since. So can the Jacksonville Jaguars finally live up to this potential that they have put on them with Doug Peterson in his second year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that this team is only making the right moves and they're going up. Um, I think that they could have used a little more work on defense um, just to kind of bolster a little bit. Uh, I don't think their defense is is bad by any means, but I think that it could have definitely used some help to fill a couple holes. But um, Trevor Lawrence is getting better every time he touches the football. Um, He's just got to stop holding the football too long. Um, But he's getting a lot better – in his passing games i'm very very excited to see calvin ridley back this year i hope that he has been working out uh in his leave of absence his extended vacation uh that he had from atlanta um that was such a shame to see that go down um but i'm very excited to see him back and what he's going to do huge threat huge weapon uh from his time in atlanta again it all depends on the work that he put in 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 his in his off seasons um, but other than that, I mean, I think that the team overall is making all the moves in the right direction. Um, and I think that they only go up from here. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to see it. They, like you said, they load up on offense in the draft. They drafted another running back. They even signed a running back in free agency. They drafted a tight end. They drafted a tackle to replace, uh, Jawan Taylor out there, uh, tackle position. And like you said, the defense, I wish I would have seen more. I mean, they were a bend but don't break style defense. They gave up a lot of yards, but didn't give a lot of points. So, But they were, they they were effective. Yeah, they were effective. When it mattered, they they forced more field goals and, than touchdowns, and that's the way to play the game. If you're going to give up yards, that's fine. You give up a couple field goals and a touchdown here and there, you can win with that. And the offense, like I said, was top 10 already. They were 10th in score and 10th in yards. So 
Trevor Lawrence does need to, to cut the turnovers down. He cut the interceptions down last year, but the fumbles went up. So he's got to cut the fumbles down, and his offense can be even better than they were last year. Yeah, I mean, stop holding it. Yeah, this offense is going to be probably one of the more electric offenses in the NFL. I mean, this offense is deep too. So you got what Tank Bigsby uh, out of Auburn, who was a stud at Auburn, probably the only good player really at Auburn last season, and he's also got an awesome name, Tank Bigsby. Like, come on, yeah. Uh, that and he's the backup for Travis Etienne, who had a pretty good season last year. I mean couple injuries here and there missed a couple games here and there but other than that he balled out when he was healthy then their wide receiver core is just with a healthy calvin ridley they're they're loaded yeah and their tight ends evan ingram's basically a wide receiver at the tight end position kind of like that travis kelsey kelsey kind of role not as good but kind of trying to fill that role then luke farrell uh the rookie they drafted i mean he's got potential to be a good uh tight end as well then their defense you know Defense is solid, uh, nothing to really brag about. But their uh, linebacker duo, Josh Allen, the linebacker, not the quarterback, and Devin Lloyd are a pretty pretty good duo at the linebacker position. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, we'll uh, see what that I, rookie I, did I, last I, year, I too. What's gonna do. This is a team that could be in the AFC Championship game, though, by the end of the season, potentially. Yeah, that's that's the thing is, is well, first, Trevor Lawrence, I think, could have a top-five quarterback season this year. Like, like you said, with the weapons they have, with the ability to also run the ball, like people forget – this guy, he's athletic. We saw it in Clemson. I mean, he he can move. I mean, he's not a bad – I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, but, you know, he's nothing to, like, you know, shy away from. He can move the ball with his legs. And like you said, Luke, yeah, the they could they could be an AFC championship. I mean, they definitely, I think, are one of the sneakiest teams. I think people, yes, are high on them still, but they're still sneaky because you're still counting in New York, Buffalo, Kansas City, teams like that, Cincinnati – People are high on Baltimore now with what they're doing. So I think they're under the radar right now, and I think they could sneak in there and just make some noise, especially if you south where it's weak. Yeah, they're definitely going to make some noise, but I think it's going to – might take a little bit just to just to finish the build, get those extra pieces on defense that they need. Um, Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to play a big part in, in his return, and I think, uh, you know, if everybody comes back strong and we add a couple of missing pieces, I think it's time to start being competitive. And I – I wasn't high on Doug Peterson in Philly. I know he won the Super Bowl, but it seemed like when Frank White, Frank Wright left, the whole like offense kind of went to shit. I know there was injuries with Carson Wentz, things like that. And Nick Foles had to come back, but or play that second season too after the Super Bowl. Nick Foles was but the coach of that team. Doug Peterson last year with Trevor Lawrence, they seemed to just gel perfectly. I mean, we saw their Meyer days. I think that dark dark clouds are behind them. Doug Peterson definitely turned the page. And they went full force. We didn't expect them to be in the playoffs right away. And like I said, down 27-0 over the, the – or down the Los Angeles Chargers, all their talent, came back and won. So, I mean, I'm excited. I think they go forward. Like, I mean, I'm, I think this is the most exciting – I mean, I was excited after that, that Jacksonville Jaguars Blake Bortles year, but I, I'm more excited because the offense is so electric. It wasn't that electric during those days with Blake. But, yeah, I'm excited for the Jaguars at Duval County. Yes, sir. Yeah, Luke, you know, that's your uh, – you might yeah. – why don't you go to the Jaguars game? See, I know they play Tennessee this year. Why don't you have a Jaguars-Titans game? Is that is that in London or is, where is it at? Is that well, I mean, they, they play each other once on the road, once at home. Just go so. to London, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. you should. Too, too, too bad the Baltimore game's in London against Tennessee. I was so pissed. <laughs> but, no, I mean – 
So over under, I think for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think a good number to do for them, 10 and a half. You know, that's one more than last year. Or I mean, if you do over, it's two more wins than last year. Chris has the over. I mean, so I think he's definitely high on the Jaguars. I'm over too. I, I don't think they might, they might not be, they might be a four seed again, like they were this year, but I think a four seed with 11, six record, I think 11 is very good. I think that they're good enough to even sneak away some games, maybe go 12 and five. I mean, I know you guys picked the Ravens, I think, when we did the Ravens schedule. I think they can beat Baltimore. I know it's a primetime game. I know, Luke, you're not going to like that. But I'm not saying it because I hate the Ravens or, you know, I'm not a Lamar fan. I just think the Jaguars are actually good. And I think that it's possible for them to go 12-5. and five. But I think 11-6 and six is the worst that they're going to go this year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think 11-5, I mean, 12-5 uh, and five or 11-6, right around that range is probably good for them. So I'm taking the over. I mean, they do – their schedule is not that easy. So they got some tough games with Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. And they Buffalo, play San Fran. Buffalo will be a win because so, it's in London. The London Jaguars will show up. Oh, still. I mean, they, they go through – they, Yeah, they go through the gauntlet. So they're going to play some of the top teams in the NFL on their schedule this year. So – but they also had to play the NFC South, which is fucking all cake games. So they'll probably win well, swoop that division. They, I will I will say the AFC South is an overall worse division than the NFC South. Yeah, without a question. I mean, that's just my opinion. And I think the NFC West I mean, I know the Seahawks and Niners are good, but the Cardinals and Rams are gonna weigh that division down big time. So but yeah, that's I mean, look or Doc Jaguars over under. Yeah, I'm definitely taking them over. I got a minimum 11. Uh, I think that there's a lot of potential for 12. Um, I'd like to see it. I think uh, the obvious ones, Kansas City, uh, Cincinnati, Baltimore losses. Um, they play the Niners, I too. Is, I mean. <clears throat> Niners, I think, is going to be a close game with the Niners. Um, they're at home against the Niners. I think that they can take that one. Um and then you think Buffalo is going to be a toss-up for the London for the London Jaguars? I think Buffalo is going to take that one, um, and I think that that's potentially the five that they're going to lose. This is the one team in the AFC South though that's beating Atlanta for sure because, like I said, they're going to probably beat us thirty-one to like ten. It's in London. I think it's the first London game of the year too, so expect a beat down. I honestly, I'm a little nervous to play Jacksonville. I don't want to see them at all, even in Jacksonville and Atlanta. It doesn't matter where it's at. I do not want to see the Jaguars this year. That's just for any team. I, I think that they're, like I said, they're a sneaky team with a lot of, of confidence right now, and that's what you want in the NFL. So I, I'm excited for the Jaguars. Yeah, I think they got the depth to do it too. Like they can have a couple injuries on offense and still not have that huge of impact on them. So, oh, yeah. But, hey, that's your AFC South, boys. We are seven-eighths of the way done. We have one division left, and I made sure Chris was going to be there for this one. The best division in the <laughs> NFL. You know, the most competitive, strongest division. The worst team last year was seven wins. I mean, all teams had seven wins or more. And no other division had that. I mean, besides the yeah, NFC East. It's, it's so easy when you guys play each other twice. I mean, I mean Atlanta, Atlanta beat That's Seattle four last four year. four for everybody. Hey, hey. Whoa, yeah, splitting that. Wait, wait. Atlanta went in to Seattle last year early in the season, too. And, and one. So Gino really got warmed up, dude. Yeah, he was getting his ride. Yeah, Gino's warm Whatever. now. You ain't touching no. Gino this year, dude. No, I no, we 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 beat. Uh, and, and to be honest, if you actually look, so I was looking at this. 
I'll do it early. Fuck it, because we're we're talking about it. So last year, Atlanta only got blown out in two games. The Bengals in Cincinnati, they 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 dominated us. The, and then the Bengals in their we bye did week? lose by. Uh, it was it was a bye week for them, but we beat we beat San Francisco, we beat the Niners. I don't care who the quarterback was. They were they were good. Was with that, whoever the quarterback was, Jimmy G was had before, a good record with them. It was Jimmy was that before G before after CMC. So we we lost by one to New Orleans. We lost by four to the Rams when they were healthy. We beat. We went into Seattle. One. We beat Nick Chubb and the Browns. I don't give a shit. They, they did good with Jacoby Brissett. They, they were a competitive team. Yeah, we barely lost to Brady, but that was the Grady Jarrett bullshit. He always slung them down too hard. Game. We beat the Niners. We lost. We got blown out. We beat the Panthers. We barely lost to the Chargers. We lost to the Panthers by 10. We beat the Bears by three. Fuck you, Doc. We did lose the Commanders. We lost to the Steelers by three. Lost to the the Saints by three. We lost to the Ravens by eight. So one possession game there, and then we beat the uh, Cardinals. And technically, we beat Brady in the Bucks, even though he didn't finish the game. Technically, that, we lost that was, against Brady. That was, that was the Ravens with Tyler Huntley, too. So It didn't seem to matter. He led you all to the playoffs at the end of the season. Because so, <laughs> we had enough wins at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but, I mean, you hyped him up as a Pro Bowl quarterback. So we, beat a, we beat a Pro he Bowl QB. A, he was? He, hey, he lost to him. But Desmond Ritter was also our quarterback who you're not high on. So you, you lost to our backup, by, or you beat our backup Ooh. by three. So, I mean, okay. I'm just saying, like. Game of backups. But by three, that's the next seven, division. 17 to nine. Yeah, we lost by eight. Save for the yeah, next said, episode, boys. Save for the next. Oh, nine. Sorry, keep, keep nine. this. Keep this spice for yeah. the next one. Yeah, two, two score. Yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris will be in there for that one. Um, definitely gonna talk our division: Saints, Bucks, Panthers, and Falcons. But I, we kind of we kind of had like a late minute like conversation started before we, we were literally just warming up, talking, catching up. We talked about hard knocks, and like Luke said, no team has been picked for hard knocks. The Lions turned it down. I think, like Luke said, the Jets are the team. I think that the whole most of the NFL world wants to see because Aaron Rodgers is now in New York. But it kind of brought the question up. I want to ask you guys. I'll, I'll kind of go last. I'll pick it back off you guys. Who do you want to see on Hard Knocks? I mean, I don't typically watch it, but if I can get my way, I'll, I would probably watch it. So, Doc, you start us off there. Who at all 32 teams? I don't give a shit what the standards are you have to have. If you could pick one team to watch, who would it be? Uh, if I'm a betting man, I think it's going to be the Jets. Um, just kind of the direction that they're going. They're an exciting team right now. They're moving up. Um, <clears throat> if I had my way with today's theme, I think I'm going. I'd like to see the Jaguars. I'd like to Damn. see the Jaguars. The The connection between Dougie P and, and Trevor Lawrence, Ridley's return, um, just everything about that team, I think, is going to be an exciting year for them. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think I also think it's going to be the Jets overall. But if I had my way, I think watching Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos, just Sean Payton and uh, Russell Wilson just going at it, and hopefully they hate each other. So it'd be great, great TV right there. They uh, kick out his I, whole fucking team. Yeah, it just just a, how awkward and weird Russell Wilson is, and how Sean Payton's just going to fucking put him in his place, kick out all the team Russell out of the building. Get Russell Wilson out of his own little office, put him back in the locker room. Got a lot of a lot of change going on over there with Sean Payton coming in. So I mean, they're I don't think their team is really that good either. So it'll be kind of good to watch some players, you know, get some good feel good stories, some some players you never heard of, watch them throughout the season. Kind of like you did with the Lions with um Rodrigo last season. Yeah. So 
Yeah, get, get some good stories out of there and watch Russell Wilson get put in his place. It'll be fun. I, I do agree. The Jets are probably the team that's going to make it. And I'm I'm okay with seeing that. I like to see Rodgers in the New York spotlight. Why not? But I, I would be excited to see the Chicago Bears. I, I'm excited to see this rebuild. I know I've hyped it up plenty in this offseason. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. I'm excited to see Justin Fields with DJ Moore. I think that'd be a cool chemistry I'd like to see. Yeah, they might not have a lot of character personalities on the team, but Hard Knocks also brings that out of you too. So the camera will show that. Someone in Chicago, it doesn't matter which team it is, they will light up the camera. They will be the talk of the town. You'll have this rookie as well that will light, light up training camp and preseason. But I wouldn't mind seeing they the actually Chicago do Bears. Have a lot of, they do have a lot of personalities on that team. Yeah, and then also gives, gives us a good look at the coach too, Matt Matt Eberflus or whatever his name is, the former Colts coordinator for the defense. Eberflus. So, Eberflus, whatever. But I like to see that. I also like to see Roshan Johnson, my former Longhorn too. I think he's going to eventually take the starting uh, running back position when it's all said and done over Herbert and Foreman. Maybe we'll have to wait a year, but I'm, I'd be excited for Chicago and honestly the Jets too just because of Rodgers. But yeah, man, I, mean, I no- wanted to say the Bears, but I didn't want to be biased. <laughs> I'll do it for you. I'll take the team, one of our teams. Hey, but, but. moving on real quick. Shout out to uh, shout out to Chris uh, taking the first and second pick in the draft coming out of LSU. Big season for them, winning the Natty. Congrats, Chris. First two guys uh, going to Pittsburgh Go and Washington. So uh, they're going to hate their careers, but a well, uh, little bit, a little bit of fame for you guys. Pittsburgh's doing a little decent right now. Washington's fucked. Well, I saw something too, Doc. I mean, you know, I know Luke's not a baseball guy, but oh, I wish I had the Tough. photo. Chris I think here. the LSU Tigers are the only team, only college in history to have the yeah, right here. Oh no, that's not it. Damn it! Yeah, they're the only team in college history to have the first pick in all four major sports. So I think they're counting that as baseball. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't hockey, but it said four major sports on there and. That's phenomenal, honestly. You know, least baseball, basketball, football. I think they're counting women's and men's basketball. I don't know if they were counting hockey. Uh, so. Probably not. I'm trying to think of who the hockey – oh, no, the first hockey pick was uh, Connor Bedard to the Blackhawks, and that was not LSU. No, no, not, not, not in the same year, but, like, just in history. They uh, – yeah, they – like I said, first, first pick overall. No other schools phenomenal. had a first overall pick in the four major sports? So it says right here, yeah. So it says LSU became the only school with a first round, well, only school in the twenty two season two to have NFL, MLB, and NBA. So just like let alone, I mean, we know LSU is is literally a powerhouse in history, at least our our time frame. So, like I said, congratulations to the Tigers; they're on the up right now. You got a good program Not, up there. Yeah, but UCF's coming up, man. They're hitting that real power yeah. five now, so we'll see what they do. Yeah, youngest school in the power five, so. They're, they're are you really? Quick. Yeah, they are the youngest school in the Power Five. Oh, I thought. Okay, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I know. I thought I was thinking age, just like age of players, but they're all young. So I still yeah, been all, all the players are the same age. Well, it's your stance. Ain't gonna be no asterisk. Ain't yeah. gonna be no asterisk now. They're, ain't gonna need them. But Doc, you mentioned this year. You mentioned baseball, Doc, and tonight was the home run derby, and tonight, history was made as history was made as well. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won tonight. Almost got screwed over, but he survived. But he became the first father-son uh, combination in history to win the home run derby. I mean, obviously his father was one of those legendary 
batters mm. all time. Vladimir Guerrero mm, Senior. Mm, mm. Man, never wore batting gloves. He if it was a bouncing ball, he would fucking send that thing to the sky. It'd go to the moon. I mean, his dad was a beast. Oh, the dude had the reach to hit from post to post, top of the fence down, sand wedge out of the dirt, didn't matter. The guy's crushing it, hitting absolute fucking moon shots. Those balls need a damn visa to travel back to the stadium, okay? And was a good um, fielder, too. He had a cannon of an arm as well. Oh, right an field. absolute cannon. No, he was so much fun to watch way back in the day. Um, good for Vladdy, man. Good for Vladdy Jr. to come out there and, and be able to make history like that. Um, I mean, the guy's the guy's been a fucking powerhouse hitting, hitting machine with the long ball the last couple of seasons, so good for him. He seems to have finally uh, gotten the swing down and uh, focused on the contact as well, but – uh, very entertaining. Unfortunately, my man, my pick, uh, who I actually did not pick to win the whole thing, but I wanted to uh, out of, you know, bias. But uh, Lou Bob, Luis Robert, um, congrats, big guy. Huge first round. Um, who did? Who the fuck did he knock out? Oh, he, he knocked out uh, – was it – no, it wasn't Mookie. Mookie played – oh, it was uh, – No, Mookie fucking – Oh, it was the guy from the down, Orioles. Dude. It was Luke's boy from Rutschman, Baltimore. Rutschman, Rutschman, yep. yeah, 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 Rutschman. Yeah, Rutschman. Rut, yes, well, switch hitting Rutschman. Everybody thought that he was going to seal the deal. He hit like 8 out of 10 when he went to the right side, and Robert came out, hit his – now, Rutschman didn't get his, his second 30-second bonus. Uh, he only got the 130 that everybody gets, which I don't even know why they call it a 30-second bonus because everybody gets it. Just make the shit three and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, he came out swinging. He ended up getting the two 440-foot homers to get his, his extra 30 seconds. Fucking took one homer to do it. Boom. Game over. Bye-bye. I mean, Adley. you talked about a show in the first round. Julio Rodriguez put on a show. and oh, an absolute tank. You, well, it wasn't just – so, obviously, you have to hit the ball. But his pitcher – that's the key to the run derby is the chemistry. He put it literally in the perfect spot every throw. And he doesn't take a step. It's just a flick of the wrist. Dude, Julio Rodriguez was launching it out. He beat the, the favorite that was the, odd, you know, the, odd, or the betting odds favorite, Pete Lonzo. Nothing you could have done there. 41 home runs. Dude, man, was a fucking monster. And then sizzled out there. And speaking of that, Luke, I know you don't watch it. I think you would watch it if you – I think you would. If you watched it, you would be like, damn, home run derby is exciting. Yeah. It's just quick pace. No, I, I would watch it. You know, just got caught up at work. You know, didn't get home in time to watch it. You know, life's tough. I, I, I just got ready right before, this, right before we came on, so – like, yeah, life life sucks sometimes. So you miss, but they you need miss to, opportunities to watch some good stuff. They need to change the format though, and they need to get away from the bracket. I think yeah, yes. cool. Brackets are fun. I understand March Madness is is amazing, but if you are gonna have like a bracket, at least reseed it every round, change it up. But then that screws somebody over, like it almost did Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Just make it. You have your eight guys, cut it in half, cut it in half, and then you have your winner. That's all you have to simply do. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Uh, I never liked it when they went to the bracket on this. I thought it was a joke. Um, the old the old format. I also like, you ever watch the old home run derby? Where they did it like a game style. You got the three outs, yeah. you hit the home runner. Yeah, I want to see them bring that back. That, I remember watching that early in the morning when I was a kid. That was a lot of fun. They played the replays on a, on one of the ESPN or ESPN Classic uh, when, you know, summer break came and everything. Loved watching that shit. Um but I'll say my biggest disappointment was Mookie Betts. I mean, it was very clear that he didn't want to be there. Even his wife, uh, 
they said had to convince it, yeah. him to do it um and he did it just for her i mean i get the the reason for doing it you know just look back at your career and say that you did it and check it off and everything but like man i, I thought it was uh like borderline disrespectful i mean you could just tell i didn't want to be there the swings were lazy the swings were not uh as quick moving as as the other players he just didn't give a shit didn't even call his time out there was no competition there it was just just sad for for the home run derby yeah i mean and doc you mentioned the old um format i think they mentioned vlad senior i think the year he one of the years he won it uh, he won it three to two. So that just shows, you know, these guys are getting 20 plus 30 plus home runs in a round. Cause it was the old style. You get 10 outs. Uh, and then uh, it took forever. I mean, Josh Hamilton was probably my, I mean, yes, this, these performances are great because it's such quick pace. It, it is. It's a lot on your body. You know, you're just rocking out swings, but Josh Hamilton, what he did in Yankee stadium, his home run derby, it's probably one of my favorite home run derbies of all time. I mean, they were going out dude. it was like till midnight. They had the home run derby at one o'clock in the morning, close to that time. So, I mean, I think I think the home run derby is exciting. I think just need to change the format a little bit. I, I think don't have a bracket, just have all eight in a pot, and then shrink it down to four, shrink it down to two, have a champion. Because like I said, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. went in the semifinals, and then he was the next batter in the championship because of the seeding. So he could have got he was gassed out. He's he won though, but you could have literally just screwed over one of the you know candidates to to win it. So. And, and that's the other thing. I know that I know that the entire like the name of the game obviously is hitting as many home runs as possible. But I'm not impressed by 40, man. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> as, as cool as 40 is in the first round, the toll it takes on your body. I mean, you're just gassed. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the event. Not to mention uh, the the fatigue it puts on your body. A lot of injuries. People tweak stuff. You know, it, a lot of people have come out of the home run dirty derby just fucked up the rest of the year, going downhill, just can't produce anymore the rest of the year. Go back to the old format. It's less swings. It's less on the player. It's the entertainment value is still there. You know what I'm saying? There's more excitement in doing the 10 outs or doing two innings, five outs per innings in the 91 format. I mean, any, any which way you do it. I don't like the time shit. <clears throat> I don't like the time shit at all. But – Hopefully, though, Doc, tomorrow, the American League wins it. They've had a great history our lifetime of just dominating the All-Star game. So go American League, my boy Garrett Cole. I'm I'm happy he's starting, but I'm also a little upset because he just pitched Saturday. I don't want him to fry his arm out. And right now that's one of the only good things about the Yankees. Their offense has been shit since Judge has been out. So I want to see Garrett Cole in there, but I also don't because I just want him to be healthy for the year. He's having a decent year for us. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. So – but, I mean, just on the fry's arm out, Luke. Hey, the Orioles got an all-star, too. Nowadays, everyone has to get an all-star, though. That's the rules. Oh, it's been like that for years. It's been like that for years. Um, one other thing I forgot to mention, too. Um, I don't know when they started this, but it's not like the top four in the Derby for each league and home runs. It's just the top eight overall. There was one National League representative today. There's two. Mookie Betts and Pete. Oh, yeah, two. Okay. That's right. But you still have to. You still, well, it's not in the top eight anymore. It's just it's whoever wants to be in it. It's literally just, just accept it. I mean, they're like, oh yeah, I'll do it because not everyone wants to be in it. That's that's the thing. Because they like know you what said, it fucking does to them. Yeah. <laughs> but Luke, man, hopefully your Orioles show up tomorrow, and hopefully you help the American League win. We're all American League besides. Actually, Chris yeah. technically roots for the American League because of Bregman, but maybe he's a pirate now. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Should have time to watch it tomorrow evening. So, hopefully. It's all- it's on Fox, so just make sure you have it ready. 8, 8 Eastern, I believe. But, boys, great. So we missed Chris. I mean, 
I wanted to hear him rip on Anthony Richardson just because I know he can't stand AR-15. Still a little upset he had Tim Tebow's number. I mean, it's just you don't – it's the greatest quarterback of potentially in college history, and you're just handing that number out like it's candy for the offensive players. So – but boys, we have our last division next week. So, or this this later up this week, the NFC South. Like I said, Saints, Bucks, Panthers, and Falcons. Be ready. I think, I got, I, think I got the Falcons for one. Yeah, I guarantee <laughs> the Falcons. Will, I guarantee the Falcons will at least go once again seven and ten. I, I do think they'll stay at least seven wins. The their, their schedule is not hard. It's really I think they get third hard. in the division. Probably third. So last year, fourth in the division was seven and ten. So like I said, it, I think I don't think Tampa's gonna be that good. Just spoiler, I, I not high on the quarterbacks. I, I hope that they're not good because New Orleans ain't gonna be good. This corner that's talking a lot of mad shit, saying, "Well, Tom retired." The only good thing about it, if Tampa's good is it just shows that Tom Brady was ass last year. So that's the only highlight. If the Bucks do good, is that I, we can all say, "Well, Brady was the fucking wink link last year." So fuck you, Tom. That's the only good. Fuck thing. you, Tom. <laughs> I think he's doing okay. <laughs> well, yeah, he's potentially dating Kim Kardashian, so good for the guy, man. He's 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 moving on. He's moving and on. He has three hundred fifty million dollar contract too. So I think life's only good lost, for Tom Brady now in retirement. Only lost thirty plus million in his F, his FTX crypto when they when there's supposed to be a lot more than that, but apparently he only escaped with losing thirty million. So good for Tom Brady. Yeah. Fuck you, Tom. Yeah, fuck you, Tom. Hey, but I am excited to see if he gets in the Fox. He should be on the B team once again. Hey, that is Luke Rule. That is Nick the Docs Kirkwin. Shout out to you, Chris. Way to survive that road trip. I am your host, Mark Davis. This is All About the Boss Podcast, and we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Boss Podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Sack House.